Go to 1 John. 1 John chapter number 3. Verse John 3, verse 8, he that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was made known that he might destroy the works of the devil. Living life with purpose, one of the greatest things that we can do. Don't go through life like Mr. Magoo. Live your life on purpose. Find out what God wants you to do and go after it with gusto. Come weal or woe, our status is quo. Don't live your life like that. Don't do it. Live your life with purpose, on purpose. Father, take the words that we will speak here this day, and God, may they be life and meaningful to every person that hears. Help them to receive this today. In Jesus' name, amen. Greg Burgess started attending Orchardville Church with his wife, Vicki, with their son, Nathaniel. They started attending here in 1998. Greg was one of the very first people to ever tell me, you just mark it down, preacher. One of these days you're going to be on TV. Well, he almost had it right. And I'd say, Greg, I've got a face for radio, not video. And he said, we can get some makeup for that. And Nathaniel said, well, you'd have to get it by the semi-truckloads <laughs> for that preacher. I feel that Greg Burgess understood his purpose and lived his purpose as good as anybody I have ever met. And with Greg, it wasn't complicated at all. Greg just wanted to be a blessing. How many times he would tell me at the end of a service, preacher, I've got your back. How many times would he tell me, preacher, whatever you need this week, give me a call. I could have been stranded in St. Louis, Missouri, or Evansville, Indiana, or Springfield, Illinois, and all I would have had to have done was give him a call, and Greg Burgess would have been there. Purpose. Knowing your purpose. Fulfilling your purpose. In the book of Matthew, Jesus tells this wonderful story, and in this, when he's done... And this, I, the reason I'm here, the reason I go to Matthew is because of 1 John 3, 8. The companion verse it gives is Matthew 13, 38. And it says, the field is the word, the good, the good seed are the children of God, and the tares are the children of the wicked one. And when Jesus gives this whole story, the disciples then ask Jesus this question. Lord, we don't understand about the tares of the field. And here, the more I thought about this, the more I thought the disciples understood the sower, they understood the soil, they understood the seed, they understood the fruit, they understood 
the tree in a story that Jesus told, they understood the birds that was in the tree that Jesus told in this chapter. They understood all of that. But when Jesus talked about the tares, they didn't understand that. And the reason why, all these other things were fulfilling their purpose. And the disciples could get a hold of that. They could get their head around that. But then when Jesus talked about the tares, because the follow-up of this is in verse 41 and 42, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Was that God's purpose? Absolutely not. What's terrible about the tares is they did not fulfill what God's true purpose in their life was all about. God has used an incident that happened in my life for the last 20, I know this happened over 20 years ago, and probably closer to 25 years ago. Kay and myself, LD was there as well, was in Indianapolis, and we was downtown, and I saw that day something that God has used time and time and time again as a snapshot in my mind. I saw a homeless man with most of his torso hanging into a garbage can, and I was just, I hadn't seen that a lot in my life. And I seen that, and that guy come up out of that garbage can with a half-eaten McDonald's hamburger, and you would have thought he had won the lottery with the look on his face. And he immediately started eating that cheeseburger. Nasty! But he immediately started eating that cheeseburger. And God has penetrated that into my mind that that certainly was not God's will for that man. No way. No way. And this concept of, oh, well, God just picks and chooses, that is straight from the pits of hell. It is whosoever will. God loves us all. God has a plan for us all. God had a plan for that man. And what God penetrated on my mind that day, there is nobody praying for this guy. And I have thought time and time again, the millions of people around the world that has nobody and that how that man has missed the will of God for his life. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells the story of the lost sheep. He tells the story of the lost silver. He tells the story of the lost son. The tragedy of all three is they're not living to their potential. The sheep, the shepherd goes out and finds. The one that owned the coin, she swept diligently until she found it. It was out of circulation, doing no one no good. And the lost son eventually realizes that he too is not living his purpose, and he goes back to the father. 
Let me tell you something that you may not understand fully when I say it. If you only see the ruins of a man, you never really see the ruins of a man. If you only see the tragedy of sin, you don't really see the tragedy of sin. If you only see what sin does, you never really see what sin does. And let's dial this in a little bit closer. If you only see the shipwreck, you never really see the shipwreck. Next month, it will be 100 years to the month that the Titanic sank. The Titanic on the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean for a hundred years. And we look at the Titanic sinking and think, what a shame. We look at 1,517 people perishing and say, what a shame. And God looks at it totally different. God sees a ship that for 100 years has been at the bottom of the Atlantic, and it was not doing what it was created to do. It was not going into all these ports of call and going into all these countries around the world. It has not for a hundred years been uh, carrying hundreds of thousands of passengers. It was not and has not been doing what it was created to do. 1,517 people, we look at that and say, what a tragedy. And God says, what a tragedy that two, at least 250,000 people that should have been born was not born. I'm no good at math. I had Justine Loker figure that out. That's on the conservative side. The max on that was, and I didn't really want to say it because people say, oh, come on, that ain't true. It was more like a half a million. But at least a quarter of a million people that should have been born was not born. God sees what could have been. Casting Crowns has a song that says, do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with thy God. How many has heard that song? Great song. Millions, 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 millions of people not living up to that in their life. God is the furthest thing from their mind. What a tragedy. I was created to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I look at the homeless man and see him with his, with his head and shoulder down into that barrel trying to find a scrap of food, and I say, what a tragedy, but that happened to that guy. And God says, what a tragedy, because I see what he should have been. We look at that man and say, what a shame. God looks at that man and says, what a shame because of what he should have been and did not become. We look at the negative and say, what a shame. God looks at the absence of a positive and says, what a shame. What a shame. 
That man in Indianapolis was created to praise God. Do you get that? David said man was created a little lower than the angels. David looked at man and saw what mankind was supposed to do and to be, and we were supposed to give our all to God. We're created a little lower than the angels. And to see that human being in that sorry state of affairs. And it leads me to another verse in Matthew chapter 13 when the disciples said, how could this have happened? We don't understand it. What about these tares? And Jesus gives the answer. He says, an enemy has done this. I hate to say it because millions of people feel this way. But God gets a bad rap. Anything that happens that we don't like or, or we don't think that should have happened, and it's, oh, God, why did, you, why did you cause this? Oh, God. People say, I blame God. No. Jesus said, an enemy has done this. I don't blame God. For that man looking at, at, a, at, a, at a piece of cheeseburger like it's filet mignon and it's got nastiness all over it. And for that man to think, oh, this is a good day. I don't look at God and blame God. Jesus said, an enemy has done this. Eddie Sledge said one on a, on a Wednesday night about a month ago. He said, I have one purpose in my life, to lift up the Lord Jesus. At least he knows it and recognizes it and doing something about it. There are millions of people who could care less. There are millions of people who could care less. They're smug. They're self-satisfied in their sin. They could care less. And God said on the final day, judgment will be enacted. And for that person that could say, oh, it's just full of baloney, I could care less. God said they'll be thrown into hell and there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. These are the words of Jesus. And that doesn't have to be because we can live life with purpose. Live life with purpose. How many knows the name of the sister ship to the Titanic? Anybody? There were two of them. The Olympic is the one I'm looking for. What was the name of the other one? Okay, I didn't, uh, I didn't know that one. I knew there were two, but the Olympic was the one I knew. Good job, young man. <clears throat> what if the Olympic would have stayed dry docked after it was built and wouldn't have went out? What if it just stayed right there? For a hundred years, have stayed right there. See, we look at, we look at the 
of the tragedy of the, of the Titanic going down. What a tragedy. The Olympic, if it would have stayed right where it was at and just rotted down in a hundred years of inactivity doing nothing, that would have been a tragedy as well. So I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty, pretty confident that God views things a little different than what we view them. I see the man in Indianapolis and say, what a tragedy. He's not living the way God wants him to live. God can look at the respectable person that's going about his life, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, building, planning, just like Jesus said, the days of Lot and the days of Noah before that happened. These are respectable lives. If the Olympic had not went out, had not went to all these countries across the world, had not carried all of these hundreds of thousands of passengers, that would have been a tragedy, it not doing what it was created to do. I am afraid we're far, we're far too uh, fast to point our finger at the, at the man that is down and out and say, what a tragedy. And yet, God looks at it, at the person that could, that God is the furthest thing from their mind, but oh, they're respectable in the community. God says, what a tragedy. Thank you for those two amens and that one yow. Makes us feel better to be able to point our finger at someone that has nothing and is doing nothing and being nothing and they're in the, in the throes of despair and they're a drug addict and think, oh, well, what a shame. And the very person that's got her finger and their long nose looking at that person, God says, what a shame you are. <clears throat> Preacher, I haven't done anything wrong. Take away the last word. I haven't done anything. Maybe that's what it is. I haven't done anything wrong. Take away the last word. Maybe it's I haven't done anything. And if God by his Holy Spirit is kind of knocking at you right now, that ain't the preacher's fault. That's God doing his job. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Yeah, maybe you should be doing something. I'm bored and I wish this hurry up and get over with. Tells me what you're filling your life up with. And it ain't this. Here's the deal. I think the very person that will want God and want to live for God. I mean, I, can, I see it on people's faces every single week. You ought to see it from my perspective. The person that's there, you're just like, yeah. They just got that look, you know. They're just, they're just yeah, they're just soaking it in. They're just soaking it in. I know this is a part of their life. But the person is just like, oh. I'll say it. It ain't really important to you. Well, preacher, if I understood the Bible a little bit better, 
fooey or not. And most of us have just basically fell prey to that. Oh, you don't understand the Bible? Oh, well, you poor dear, I am sorry. I really don't know what to do for you. And here's what we always say. Well, you, we'll get you a different version. And I'm all for different versions. But this idea of I don't understand the Bible, I don't know. Anywhere, it don't matter. There, right there. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Can you get that? Now, I'm not being condescending to anyone. I'm just saying we fell into the trap of, oh, I just don't get it, preacher, therefore I get a buy. <laughs> I said here a while back, you need to read the Word of God, even if it is like a strainer to you. A strainer. Think of that. A strainer, when you pour water through it, there ain't no water left, but the strainer is cleaner because having the water poured through it. That's good preaching there. You say, well, it just seemed like that was just a favorite verse that you just popped open to. Let's read another one. He gives snow like wool. Do another one. If I bear witness of myself. If you're going to live, if you're going to live the purpose that God wants you to live, you're going to have to read this book. Paul said, here it is. This is straight from the Bible. Give attendance to reading. Preacher, you're being a downer today. A man that I've known most of my life, from a little bitty boy, I've known this guy, Rab King. Rab King was a man, if anybody was familiar with Wayne County, seen him on Route 15. Seen him all the time. Rab would walk from his house that was near Kingtown. He would walk to Sims Tavern. Somebody help me out there. How many miles? How many? Six? Seven? One way. One way. Walk to Sims Tavern. I have picked him up, given him rides home when I've had to help him in the car where he was just couldn't hardly put one foot in front of the other. I have stopped by his house numerous times and talked to him about Jesus. My dad, every Thanksgiving and every Christmas, my dad, my mom's name was Iris, but dad always called her Arse. Arse. Fix rabbit plate of food. I'll take it to him. 
and take Rab a plate of food. I remember, as well as I remember that homeless man, because God has used this in my life, as well as I remember that homeless man in Indianapolis, I remember my last conversation with Rab King. He's outside. I seen him outside. I pulled up. His house is still there. He's passed on. I pulled up, and I'm trying to talk to Rab. Rab, you're going to meet God someday. You need Jesus in your life. And off to the south, about a mile away, half a mile away, was a train. And that train running from the east going to the west. And Rab saying, that train, that train's going somewhere. I say, yeah, Rab, it is. Rab, you really, you need, you need Jesus in your life. And Rab would say, that train, it's going somewhere. And I'd talk to him. I spent about 15, 20 minutes with him that day. And the last words he said, that train, it's going somewhere. God brought all that back home to me concerning the train this week. That train was fulfilling its purpose. It was doing what the creator of that train had intended for it to do. And Rab was not. Rab died an alcoholic. Rab never lived up to his potential. Grandma Dorothy told me that Rab lost his driver's license. He lost his pilot license. He lost a good job. He lost everything. Preacher, I blame God for that. No. Jesus already told us an enemy has done this. And the enemy has done this. Let's live life with purpose. And your purpose is basically, basically, it's going to be the same as mine. Our job is going to be a little bit different. Uh, the assignment that God's given us, each from another, it's going to be a little bit different. We see that in the book of Corinthians with the church being like a body. The functions and different things will be somewhat different. But basically, we're to do what the book of Micah tells us to do. We're to walk humbly after our God. We're to do justly. We're to love mercy. And walk humbly with God. Live life with purpose. It's the greatest thing we can do. Bow your heads, please. Lord, we look at the shipwreck life that will never do anything for you, and we say, what a tragedy. But God, you look at the respectable life that does nothing for you, and you say, 
What a tragedy. Lord, I ask that this morning like a sword, which your word is, that it would cut through all of the junk in our life. God, that it would cut through all the busyness of our life. And we could do what, what Brother Eddie said that Wednesday night. I have one purpose in my life, to lift up the Lord Jesus. What a goal. What a goal. What a goal. Help me, God, to have that in my life. One purpose in my life, to lift you up. God, when you're lifted up, you draw all men to you. And I'm believing that people will be drawn to you this day. And from this day forward, live life with meaning. Live life with purpose. That train, it's going somewhere. It was fulfilling what it was intended for it to do. Help each and every one of us rise to that occasion as well. In your name, Lord Jesus, we're praying. Amen. I don't, I don't go back and I don't drag people to the altar. I don't pull your buttons off your shirt trying to get you to pray. I believe the Spirit of God speaks in a way that I could never speak to someone. And if you're honest enough, man enough, woman enough, big enough to respond when God speaks to you, all of heaven rejoices in that. But if you sit back and your idea is, I've just got to make it through this service, all of hell all of hell rejoices in that. Let's all stand. Come on, they sing.
that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.